I'm Joseph Patrick. This is a podcast series where I get to meet with industry professionals and chat about what's going on in the world of logistics. If this is your first time joining us here, you're not going to believe what you're missing out on. Subscribe to Coffee with Crane as well as our Spanish language podcast, Cafe Con Crane, on our YouTube channel and your favorite podcast player. And when you do, please be sure to like, share, comment, and give us a five-star review. Stop missing out on all the latest logistics lowdowns. Lately in the news, we've been noticing some port strikes around the world, and while countries are still staggering from the past two years of upheaval caused by these calamities, some people have chosen this occasion to go on strike, thus making an already discombobulated logistics system reeling. In the UK and in the United States, several strikes have been planned, scheduled, or have already happened, with more expected in the future. And with the busy season just around the corner, now more than ever, the world's feeling the pinch at the ports. Well, to help us learn more about this issue, we've called upon a wonderfully intelligent gentleman with over 30 years of experience in the logistics industry. He's a wealth of wisdom and information. Please, help me welcome to the show Ocean Product Director in Europe, the Middle East, and Africa region for Crane Worldwide Logistics, Andreas Braun. Welcome to Coffee with Cray, Andreas. Hello, Joseph. Good day. Thank you very much for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be in the, with such a legend of marketing and to give some in, insights about the ocean freight, what is happening right now, especially in Europe. You're very kind, my friend. And yes, let's go ahead and, and get to the story. So these port strikes are a pretty big deal. And as of today's recording, Felix still has not reached an agreement. And there's been murmurs across the industry that other port and dock workers are looking to see if they too should organize and strike. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, indeed, indeed, Joseph. Um, we have seen that in other ports as well. We had the strikes, several strikes in Germany and in Hamburg and Bremerhaven um, during the summertime. Now UK started with strikes in Felixstowe, the biggest port in, in, in the UK. And we have threats and announcement already for ports uh, for the port of Liverpool. So it's an ongoing topic and we might see it in other ports as well coming. Um, it will not go away, especially not in the situation where we're in right now with a, with a high infl inflation and the rise of costs, so, so we see this coming, and we'll talk later, hopefully, about that as well. Certainly. And specifically at ports in Germany and Felixstowe, what has the impact been there? The impact in Germany was quite severe. And, I mean, as I said, we had several strikes there, not as long as in Felixstowe, but um, we had several of them, as I said, and it caused big congestions. It caused vessel delays. Um, the birthing windows were closed, obviously. Um, it, the birthing of vessels was delayed. Um, the equipment availability um, got very worse. Um, in, in terms of Felix, so we have not seen the full extent, but what we can see already this week, and the strike has just ended, um, the birthing delays of vessels coming into the UK has doubled by now to 10 days. Um, we do expect a little bit more because right now we are just in the cleanup phase after the strike, and, and we don't know what happens. As you said, uh, no agreement has been reached, and um, if they continue with the next strike, it will obviously worsen the situation even more. And when these strikes happen, it has an impact on all the rest of the employees in the company as well. People who don't work at the docks or drive the lifts or the machine operators. We're talking about clerical staff, day-to-day -day workers, and so on. And already there's been nearly 5 billion in trade delays. In the end, is the strike worth all this much? Is the juice worth the squeeze? I mean, very good question, Joseph, very good. There are always two sides to the story, right? If you look at from the business business perspective, pure business perspective, obviously it's not worth because it just creates more challenges, problems, delays, 
um, extra work, extra cost. So it doesn't make sense from a business perspective. However, as we are just not talking business, we are also talking human beings. From a human being wise uh, perspective, it absolutely makes sense. If people can't afford the life anymore because of the high inflation, uh, the, the, the energy cost increases, there's obviously less consumption at the end of the day if they can't afford the life. And if there's less consumption, obviously there's less transportation, which then affects us as a freight forwarder as crane heavily. And, and I personally believe if people work hard, they should be able to afford the life, buy presents for the kids, for the wives, for the husbands, and, 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 and have a good life. So I think at the end of the day, if you all factor that together, yes, it is worth. I like that answer a whole lot. I mean, there's how you see things on the bottom line uh, financially, and then there's the human element. You know, you can't leave that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd imagine there's a big domino effect in a sense. When there's a strike, the impacts ripple throughout the industry. Uh, Can you tell us more about how these delays at the ports trickle down uh, the vessel strings to other ports? Oh, absolutely. I mean, as you say, it's a domino effect, right? If you are late at one port, maybe by a day, you can catch up to the next port. Or if you say from Europe to the United States, where transatlantic on the westbound, if, if it takes seven, eight days, you can catch up sometime. But if you already delay 10, 12 days, then obviously you will not be able to catch it up. And then we'd only talk if one port has the issue, right? But right now, every port in Europe has the issue. So you will never catch up again. That means that the, the, the sailing schedules of the shipping lines are totally out of sync. It, that causes a lot of delays, obviously. And then again, it means you have to increase your pre, pre-booking window. You have to book at least five weeks in advance right now on the transatlantic westbound to the United States before you actually reach the vessel. And that is not even a given fact because of the equipment situation. And I think we will talk about that maybe later as well. So the planning is really difficult. The lead times are increasing. Stock inventory planning is difficult um, and you will not catch up port by port. Normally what you can expect, it will get even worse until you reach your final destination. So until an agreement is reached, the damage is being done and we're just going to have to pick up the pieces and keep rolling uh, once a decision has been made. Is that correct? Uh, that, that is absolutely correct. And, 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 and there a company like Crane has a lot of advantages compared to the other freight forwarding industry, right? Because we, we are not such a big engine. We are a very people-driven company, and, and that means much more attention to the customer and to find better solutions, right? If you see, you will be delayed. Um, in, in other companies, and I've worked for other companies, it's just a given fact, and you might even inform, if you're good, you inform the customer, but they have to take it, right? Here in Crane, what I've seen over the last six months since I'm on board, there's so much dedication and hard work into it from our customer service, from our operation, in order to find solutions that this will not happen to an extent like in other companies. Obviously, we can't produce miracles as well, but we can be much better, and we are much better than the others in these terms. Well, Andreas, when people think of port strikes, they usually focus on the ocean freight and the consequences felt there. But these strikes have repercussions for rail lines as well. Can you give us more insight on what the denouement will be in the rail freight sector? Absolutely, Joseph. Um, I mean, it's the next domino effect, right? It's not only on ports, but it's also on the intermodal side of the business and the transportation, right? So if the vessel doesn't come in in time and you don't even know when the vessel comes in, into the port because they are sometimes being called five, six hours before if they have to do a river trip or not. Um, The rail operators don't know when the equipment is coming in on the import side, right? So they don't know when to bring in the train into the yard. 
um, and, and to pick up the containers. So this is another delay. And then even if the containers are on the on the in the yard, they don't know if they can get them because the yard is so congested. They don't know which container will be given first from the terminal operator. So if you're an importer in Europe, then obviously you don't really know is your container coming on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So you have to have a lot of communication, a lot a lot of extra work in it um, to, to get some information out of that. And then obviously you have the summer. Summer means in Europe that you have a lot of passenger trains on the rails, right, on the traction. And the passenger trains has always the first ride. So the, the, the cargo trains have to wait, actually. They have to give the way to the passenger trains. And since summer, a lot of people are on vacation, they put in more passenger trains, and that worsened the situation as well. And on the export side, it's the same scenario. They, they, they don't know when to enter the port. They are not allowed to enter the port um, before t uh, 72 hours before the vessel departure. They're now discussing it to reduce it down to 48 hours. So we have a lot of trains stuck somewhere in a waiting, in a waiting rail, and, and then they're being called to get in. But they have exactly the same problems like a vessel. It's, it's identical. I hadn't considered the passenger trains. Here in the States, we don't focus on that as much as we do rail freight, but that brings up a really good point. Containers. Uh, we've also noticed a sort of empty container availability, specifically for European goods. Is this a source of concern for importers as well? Uh, for the importers in the United States, yes, it is. Absolutely. Because in the old days, right, you, you had a very balanced situation in Europe. Certain areas where even surplus areas where you had massive equipment and you just could choose out of it, right? But because the imports into Europe, whether it's from Asia into Europe or United States into Europe, as they're so heavily delayed and the terminals are so congested, you have a demand area now. So when you were used to pick up your container in a depot in the proximity of where you load your goods, and this is not a given fact anymore, right? So you have to actually find the container somewhere where it may still makes sense to get the container, of course, and but that might occur extra costs again. So that influences your planning and your cost calculation from the beginning negatively and, and, and obviously delays the process as well because some people have to agree to the extra cost and then you have a longer distance to your loading place as well. So yes, it is a concern, absolutely, Joseph. For importers in the United States, it is. Time and money, right? Absolutely. Now, how is this empty container crunch going all the way back to Asia? Normally, you call it main hall and back hall, right? So the main okay. hall from Asia into Europe, it's the main hall, right? Because the more cargo is being shipped on, on that trade lane. And the back hall is from Europe to Asia. But okay. if, you're missing, if you're missing containers in Europe and you cannot fill up the vessel, even with empty containers, because normally um, the vessels from Europe to Asia, don't, they don't sail full fully loaded, right? So there are a lot of empty containers on board as well. But if they are not available because they are stuck in the hinterland, then obviously at one day they are missing in Asia. And, and that influenced then again the export from Asia either to the United States or to back to Europe again on the main halls. The domino effect is getting worse and worse. Yes, it does not stop. Because of the strikes, the delays increased, the, the congestion increased, the availability of equipment decreased, actually, in this case, uh, the non-availability increased. And, and that means they are missing in Asia Pacific or in China, especially, and, and then they cannot load as much as they want. However, there's another aspect to it. Um, that, that's, I would say, a, a minor part, right? The, the biggest part is obviously if you talk about China export into the US or into Europe, it doesn't matter. 
uh, what is happening in China, actually. So you, you have seen the COVID crisis. Um, right. If you have two, two people positive in Shanghai, then they lock down the whole port. That obviously co- creates a lot of concern and problems. And, and now what the Chinese have is because they have such a hot summer in China and a lot of energy in China is still produced by water power and the reservoirs are very low on water. So they have asked now all the international companies in the production areas to reduce their um, production up to 30% because they cannot supply them with the power anymore. And that obviously has a much bigger influence on the exports out of China into the US or into Europe than some missing containers. It's kind of like the butterfly effect. You know, butterfly flaps its wings and over the course of time it builds up into a hurricane. All of these small little instances are having massive impacts eventually. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but getting things back to normal, picking up the pieces, and that's the biggest question of all. When will things get back to normal? Will things ever get back to normal? I'm I'm a very positive person, right? I'm always optimistic, and um, whether it's in problem solving and, and everything, and yes, it will get back one day to normal. But you see my picture behind me, this big wave, and as you said, it, it might come from a hurricane, where we are in right now in the, in the, in the whole logistic chain, it will take time. Everybody who says, ah, oh, yeah, the problems will ease and they will go away within the next couple of weeks, um, is not right. Absolutely not. In my opinion, um, to come to a rather normal situation, not fully normal as we were used like in 2017, 18 or even 19 still, um, it will take until Q3 in 2023. And we are not talking about 2022, right? It depends a little bit on the trade lane. It depends obviously on the supply and demand, how this will balance out in the future. It depends a little bit on what the shipping lines will do. Uh, They will take out a lot of vessels, so-called blank sailings, in order to keep the rates stable. But does it help in order to reduce lead times, to get to normal lead times? I have my doubts. So what I recommend also talking to customers of Crane, they have to be aware and they have to face the situation that there will be disruptions, sometimes big disruptions in the logistic chain until Q3 2023. I think everybody is in this industry is working to get things back to normal and back working again. And I think, you know, here at Crane, you know, we're definitely looking for solutions and not excuses. And I think the biggest element of all of that is patience. We're all going to have from the shippers to the producers, everybody in between. We've just got to be patient and all work together in a positive way to get things back to normal. Uh, Very true. Very true, Joseph. And that is the approach uh, within Crane and what I love so much about Crane as well. Um, You only can work as a team and solve challenges. Um, I always call it challenges rather than problems because one, one person alone can't do it and one company alone can't do it. So we as a freight forwarder obviously rely on the shipping lines as well or on the airlines. Um, and obviously we also rely on, on the end of the understanding um, of the customer. And, and there I, I see great efforts and, and great support from our sales force, from our key account managers, from our vertical managers. They really go out there to the customers. They explain the situation. If they need help, obviously we from product support them as well. Um, but this is the approach Crane has, and we just don't say, oh, yeah, the, the glass is half empty. No, it's always half full, and we go full steam ahead to solve the problems and come up also with out-of-the-box out solutions, right? We have to, to, to look further than just the normal solutions, and this is what the customers love about us. Love about us. I like the mentality. It's kind of like what Hannibal said. I'm either going to find a way or I'm going to make a way, and here we find solutions. True, Joseph. 
Now, Andreas, looking ahead, uh, what do you believe the next few months are going to bring for us, especially as we head into the busy season? A lot of work that I can right. promise you. A lot of work, a lot of headaches, uh, but a lot of joy as well, because I, I'm so confident, I'm 100% convinced that we will find solutions where what other companies will not find, and that will give us also a lot of joy and, and, and pleasure, because the best thing is to see a customer happy. And then you know all your efforts were, were worth the extra mile. And, and this is what we will see. But we will see a lot of work coming as well. Now, Andreas, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with us before we go? Yes, I think one of the most important thing is I would like to thank the team um, for the tremendous work they have put in already. And it, it doesn't matter which team where, but all I've seen is a tremendous effort. I've worked for other companies where they always said, oh, our people are our biggest asset, but they never treated the people like this. And in Crane, I really have the impression I've seen that, um, and especially in Europe, by the leadership in Europe as well, that our people are really so much worth for us. And, and we, we should never forget this because at the end of the day, they make it or they break it, right? And it's not us, the management, who do this, but the people at the forefront, they really do this. And I would really like to thank them and they, they can rest assured they have the full support of us and the product on the way forward. Thank you for that, Andreas. And I think whenever people hear that, it's like you said, is it lip service? Oh, our people are our strongest asset. We put our money where our mouth is. You can see it and you can feel it here. And it's, it's a pleasure to be here for sure. Andreas, if people want to get in touch with you and your team, how, how can they reach out to you? Oh, they can reach out anytime by email to me, andreas.brown at craneww.com. Or if they have time and want to see some great places in the world, they should come to Vienna where I'm located. And, and then we can get a, have a good time in Vienna together. I like that option. I think I'll go with that option. You're obviously invited, Joseph. Oh, thank you, my friend. I can't tell you enough how much we all appreciate your time, your wisdom, and your insights with us here today, Andreas. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Joseph. It was a pleasure. And whenever you want to hear something about ocean freight again, reach out to me anytime. You better believe it. Be well, my friend. Thank you. And thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. Remember, subscribe to Coffee with Crane, as well as our Spanish-language podcast, Café con Crane, on our YouTube channel and your favorite podcast player. And when you do, please be sure to like, share, comment, follow, and give us a five-star review. Subscribe now and see all the things that you've been missing out on. So, until next time, I'll have a hot cup waiting right here for you on the next episode of Coffee with Crane. Goodbye now.